the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and I am thrilled to listen to Iron Real Estate. And as I promised you, I'm thrilled to have Francis Gallagher back. And he's going to talk about several travel real estate and what's going on. Um, I could go on with his resume, but he launched Business Traveler and served as the publisher for 17 years. And then in February of 2004, he settled into his true calling, owning and running Global Traveler, the only AA-audited monthly magazine for business and luxury travel. Okay. Um, I hear you're a big golfer. Uh, I'm a big golfer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a good golfer, yeah, but well, a big golfer. Well, I, I did try. <laughs> I, I would say I, uh, you know, I can manage, but uh, I don't know. I've never heard somebody in golf say they're great. They always, you know, there's always a bad game, but that's a, a sport that you really hard to master at least for me i gave yeah, up yeah. on it i'm not gonna play but i gave, gave up on it it, anyhow, listen. it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of time go ahead Doug. we were talking we were talking in the in the beginning of the show about rentals and 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 i was telling everyone that you know in some of the uh second home markets where the rentals are big resort places that you know the the, the lower priced inventory was 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 renting but the higher price was having a slower time because so many people are traveling this year. And um, I know some of my friends are. So I'd love to talk about where they're going, what they're doing, what's going on with travel. Yeah, definitely, 100%. I'm in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, which Architectural Digest voted Best Beach, which surprised us all. No, it's a nice beach, but I don't know if it's the best in the country. <laughs> but uh, rentals here are down 7 to 10%. So where are those people going? Every time I look on social media, they're they're in Europe. I have friends in Paris and Frankfurt, Greece, Italy, and Portugal. People that were not traveling to Europe like this. Uh, one of my contractors, he never traveled much internationally. He's in Paris right now and isn't seeing anything of the uh, the riots that have been going on in, in the outskirts. But he's having a great time. So. Everyone is trying to get back to travel and get back to what they missed during uh, COVID. And, for example, Lufthansa has just added back the A380 to JFK as of July 4th, just uh, this past week. And they, they are really? filling that full of premium. Yep, full, filling that full of premium class seating. You know, the A380 is a giant aircraft. It's, it's not necessarily been a great success. It's almost too big. It uh, takes a third more passengers than the 747. But uh, so many airlines purchased them, like Emirates and Lufthansa, and they had to mothball them during COVID. And 
now they're they're bringing them back. So it's just a sign that the travel is is, is going crazy. Now, I, I was reading something that you wrote, and you say that like this summer, that we don't have enough air traffic controllers. Um, so that when the weather is bad, things can get bad, and there can be a lot of delays. What's going on with that, and what should people know? Is there anything that they can plan or do to try to avoid that? Or Well, I think the airlines are, are trying to be as honest as they can about their situation, and it's it's kind of a situation they've been put in by the uh, the government. We don't have enough air traffic controllers. Scott Kirby from United Airlines, the CEO, who really kind of leads everything in this industry, has come out and said, you know, please be patient with us. We need more traffic controllers. But you as a passenger, you know, you have to think ahead. And sometimes spending a little bit more money and getting that first flight out, very important. The aircraft is already there at the airport. You don't have to wait for it to come in. So that, that's a great first thing to do. Make sure you pick a nonstop flight. Now, sometimes you have to connect, but there's a possibility that you could be stuck in, let's say, Charlotte. You know, American Airlines flies through Charlotte and they love thunderstorms there, <laughs> and it's the thunderstorms that are killing everything. It's 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 delaying all the flights, and the flights are being canceled. And there were some people over the July Fourth holiday that that couldn't get out for three days. Uh, I think from really? New York, it was a big issue. Yeah. Uh, another good suggestion, Dottie, is to be a member of the airline lounge, and you can do this so many ways. You can use the United Chase card. Alaska Airlines has Bank of America. Uh, American has City. Uh, but uh, they're, they're, the cards have a hefty fee, but it's well worth it because if there's a problem, you can go in there, and the agents in there can usually, shorter lines, get you taken care of and get you on another flight a little bit easier than... You, you're uh, saying you get know. a credit card that's affiliated with an airline? Yeah, you do that. And make sure it's one that lets you into the lounge uh, without limitations. So the, the, the fees are going to be about $450, just so you know. Uh, or you can go out and buy uh, a lounge pass yourself, and and they're not cheap either. I mean, the airlines have realized that they've got to contain these lounges. They were they were so crowded. I know Delta had some issues with crowds uh, uh, this past year, and so they've changed their rules about who can get in. So it's almost like an exclusive club now. And then the American Express, you know, has the Centurion clubs at the airports, and they're also very good. And then the other suggestion, of course, this is a basic one: use the airline app. Um, also, make sure you, you, you're active, and if there's an issue, get on the phone. Once I actually called uh, the booking number for American Airlines in Europe because all the lines in the U.S. are full, and I went through Europe, and they took ca- uh, care of me. So that's kind of a sneaky way to get around some of the issues. Well, how did you but, go yeah. to Europe? Did you find it I Googled over? it. I oh, Googled, Googled it. It might be a good oh, idea to that was put that creative. I don't think I would have thought. I don't think I would have thought of that, but that's very creative. So you went through Europe, and somebody answered the actually answered you. They answered the phone, no problem. <laughs> it took care of me because they, they weren't busy. And they actually helped you. They did. They did. Story. Yeah. So that's a yeah, little, no, that's no. little trick. So you're saying the first you know flight the, is always best. You know what also is the most important thing is to keep cool and don't be that crazy passenger who goes crazy and ballistic because oh. they will just shut down. This is what they do. You start acting that way and demanding, I'm your best customer, they just shut down. Just try to be as patient as you can and work through it. It's not their fault. They're doing the best they can. Yeah, the recent, like I recently, not recently, I'd say it happened about a year or so ago, but I I was um, I was leaving L- L.A., I think, and uh, 
so I got to the airport and I don't know what time my flight was, but they kept on saying it was delayed and it was delayed and, you know, it was going to be delayed two hours and from four o'clock or six and then it went to eight and then it was 10 and then it was 12 midnight. And well, I got out the next morning, but I have to say, yeah, you know, horrible. so we were in the airport the whole, whole time, but I have to say, I fortunately was lucky enough that people were so tired because, they they couldn't get a pilot or they couldn't get a flight attendant. It was a whole thing that they really just ended up talking to each other. And uh, I met quite, quite a lot of people. It was like, so, you know, it was a bad situation, but people made the best of it. And so the time really kind of went quicker than it would have. So I, I agree with you. Because there's nothing you're going to do about it anyway. I mean, you're screaming no, and yelling. Just, just be proactive. Yeah, there was a there was a guy recently at the airport that got delayed 18 hours. I don't know if you heard this story. Everyone else who was flying out, I think he was the last one in the airport. He got on the flight. He was the only passenger, and of course they made a big uh, joke about that. But everyone else had found alternative ways out. They rented cars and so forth. I've done that. I rented a car once in Chicago and drove back, which was crazy. But I just had felt like I had to keep moving. So, um, you know, we're talking about other places, uh, even Asia. There's a lot of growth in Asia. And I just noticed the other day that Singapore Airlines has more flights now than they had before COVID. So that really gives you an idea of what's going on. So uh, I think the key is, is that people are back to their bucket list. And one of my employees said that the other day. And I said, that's it. A nail on the head. They're back on their bucket list. You also have solo travelers that are going. Uh, by themselves. They don't want to uh, be hung up with other people. And let's say they want to go to Egypt and their friends don't want to go to Egypt. So they're doing what they want to do on their own time and they're loving it. Um, golf, of course, you know, went crazy during COVID because it's an outside sport. And now all the, the courses uh, overseas, like Scotland, I have some friends that are on a Scotland trip right now, the old course. And uh, they left on July 3rd landed July 4th to play golf in Scotland. So a lot of, a lot of travel going on. And then I don't so know if you, you cover think, or yeah. So do you think that, you know, when you're planning a trip that you should, is there any um, advantage to booking it earlier than later? Like at the last minute or sometimes if you do, you know, like um, I know sometimes that, I mean, if you do it the last minute, you could even get a cheaper flight, but is there any advantage to, booking it earlier or how 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 early would you book a flight like what's you know a month three weeks well it depends on if you're going to go somewhere if you're going to go somewhere popular like these gentlemen who went to scotland you have to plan that way in advance because the courses are full and it has to be scheduled way in advance like a year in advance it's kind of crazy however other destinations if you want to try to find the best deal Look for what's available at the time and don't get so set on saying, I have to go to Paris or I have to go to London. Look at alternative destinations around the world and see what the deals are. And that's where you're really going to get the most bang out of your buck. And, and, and also, and Dottie, uh, a, lot of, a lot of family traveling in the summer, of course, because kids are in school. And right. I, I'm finding that my friends, it used to be they would go to the beach. Uh, they want to go to Europe as well. They want to travel and, and show their family some historical value. So we're seeing a lot of family travel. Uh, this is the busiest time for family travel. They're not just doing uh, Disney and, you know, the typical stuff. They're they're doing these great uh, cultural trips. 
Well, do you think also with, um, and again, I know they're trying to get everyone back to work, um, mm. you know, but, but I don't think it's ever going to quite be the same. I think people got used to having some time to, you know, working out of their home. Do you think that makes a difference why people could travel more also because they, you know, they can have a little extra time because they can work out of anywhere? But we got oh, used so to working brought- out of anywhere. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, companies are starting to get a little bit more back to normal. Um, in Philadelphia, for example, Comcast, you know, they have the two largest buildings in Philadelphia. They just announced that employees have to come back four days a week this uh, fall. So they're trying to get people back because they have these two buildings. And what's in these buildings? Restaurants, bars, the, the night scene is the same in New York, right, Dottie, that you don't have as many people coming into work. And the restaurants are suffering, so we have to get things back to to normal. And also, that's important for travelers, right? They want to come into a bustling city where things are happening and great restaurants are able to survive and you can go out to a nice bar. So, yeah, yes, that's true. And then people do have more flexibility depending on their job. You know, certainly during COVID, they didn't have to come in at all. They could have been almost anywhere as long as they could adjust to the time. I know that there were some people working in, in Italy uh, that, that their office was supposed to be in New York. But I think we're going to be seeing, you know, a, a close to that. I think that's coming to an end. Not 100% back, Dottie, but certainly like three to four days a week back to the office. Yeah. Well, well that gives people a little extra time. You know, I live in a, a, a hotel condo uh, because when I first came into the city, I, you know, I was still had a house on Long Island or whatever. So I um, and I noticed, of course, during COVID, it was ghost town. I mean, there was no one there, and the only reason my my place was open was because of Taft Condos, and they couldn't. So they figured they had to stay open for the condos. So they might as well just keep the hotel open. It was one of the only hotels that was open in the city. But now I'm um, I'm seeing it's packed, but I'm not mm-hmm. seeing as many international people as I saw before COVID. I am seeing a lot of people like from the States traveling within the States. Um, are, are you seeing now? I know a lot of my friends are in France or they're in Europe, Greece, they're all over. Are you seeing the same as, as like Europeans coming to here? You know, I was in the city not too long ago, and I noticed the same thing, and I, and I agree with you. There weren't as many of those Euro- European travelers that I remember from 2018, 2019 in the city. I don't know if they're also, you know, catching up to places that they wanted to go to beyond the U.S. Uh, it's hard for me to tell. I don't really have a number on that. But I know that the European traveler, the Latin American traveler, and the Asian traveler, you know, we don't have Chinese, you know that, because of the the political situations, but uh, and the Russians, we don't have them anymore at all, right? So uh, those those international, yeah, those international uh, travelers are real important to cities like New York and Los Angeles, and I know Beverly Hills has seen a problem from that. Uh, They've also seen some problems from the uh, technology uh, layoffs, 18% of technology laid off. They spent a lot of money. They traveled a lot. So, um, yeah, I, I think you're right about that. I think we need to lure some of these international clients back to the United States for their travels. Yeah, I do. And I, I, I remember in New York City before the pandemic, I would see millions of people that were foreigners, and they had shopping bags. They were buying up a storm in New York City. And I don't see foreigners at all, but I 
I can tell you where I live, the hotels are packed. It's packed. It's not that it's not busy, but it seems to be more domestic. Right. You know? And you're so, right about you know, the think... uh, the shopping. The, the Chinese love the shopping in New York. Oh, yes. The, you know, the absolutely Gucci, you name it. And the, the reason they is the, the taxes. Brands. They, they, the brands. That's yeah. it. And the, ta- the taxes in, in China are so high that it's worth it for them to travel and buy in the United States. It's amazing that it's, it's that, that's so high. So they have all those stores in China, but the taxes are so high. So is there any place that you would be, I mean, I mean, I guess this is a hard question, but is there any place that you would really, like, recommend or you think, you know, really, I mean, obviously it's a personal preference, um, but... And if people want yeah, to get good deals, what would you, and how would you say that someone who's not a seasoned traveler, like that goes, but wants to go to Europe and see what kind of deals, how would you tell them to go about it? What's the best way to go about to find out, you know, what's happening and what deals you can get? Well, I think I think it's kind of a good idea to look at some of the cities beyond the typical tourist destinations. Like I know in Greece, they're. They're really uh, trying to encourage people to go beyond Athens. And there's so many lovely towns. Same in Spain. You know, everybody thinks of Madrid and Barcelona. But as soon as you get out of those uh, big cities, which are great, there are these lovely little towns where you can, you know, really relax and enjoy it. And, um, you know, as far as flights, you just have to uh, – you would have to go through one of the major hubs. Uh, I know Croatia is, is lovely. But, you know, again, that's not that's not a new destination. You know, that's been – hot for a long time. Um, Portugal, everybody's talking about Portugal all the time. My daughter just got back from her honeymoon there and went to Madeira, which is, you know, an island off of uh, Africa, which is a Portuguese island, and they loved it there, and they went to Porto. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, I, I find that people are going, even first-time travelers, are going to places that I would never have thought they would go for the first trip. So I, I applaud you know, them. My for that. assistant, um, uh, he's got a great life because he's probably 30 years old, and I think he went on 10 trips already. Um, but he was in India, and he said, India is really opened up. I said, Well, how was India? And he said, The people were great, and they're really encouraging, uh, you know, tourists there. And uh, I'm not, you know, and he, um, I think, um, He's in France now, but um, he's been traveling all, all over the all over the place, and he's probably 30, 30 So he just loves travel, and um, he looks for deals. Yeah, well, in, India is a great destination. The people are extremely friendly and nice and welcoming. Um, I always feel when you go to a place like India or China. Uh, or Africa, for example, you really need to step up your game and pay a little bit more for luxury because, you know, a, 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 a five-star hotel here in the United States might might be like a four-star hotel in, in Africa. So you want to make sure that you're really – it's worth spending that extra dollar and to be picked up at the airport. Africa, you should always be picked up by at, at the airport by someone to get you onto your destination. And, you know, the safaris are great there. Um so much to do in Africa and, you know, India as well. There's those uh, premium rail uh, trips, which are lovely. Uh, Maharaja Express, I think it's called. Uh, That would be great to take. So lots of opportunities there, no question about it. And they had a tough time doing COVID. Do you have a website? Anyone go on? Yes. GlobalTravelerUSA.com. And, of course, join us for our Waterways uh, trip in Europe, and it will be October 8th. 
Would you do me a favor? You text me that information. I'll post it for those of people that Absolutely. are driving or Okay? Listen. Very good, Dottie. Thank you so much for Have a great rest of the summer. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you. And without censorship from big tech, become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to the show on demand when it's easiest for you. This includes every radio show, every segment, and every guest over the last 10 years. And it's commercial free. You can even share your favorite segments with your friends. Plus, you'll get the same email from Alan Estrin that I receive every night about the most important issues to read about. Pragertopia Unlimited members can also listen to every program, lecture, and course that is in the Prager store. Thousands of hours. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Share my passion for free speech. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free Pragertopia coffee mug. It's all things Prager, Pragertopia Unlimited. Go to Pragertopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. What are you doing this fall? Would you like to go to Italy? With yours truly, Jersey Joe, where are we going? Well, let me tell you. Rome, Catania, Taormina, Savoca, Forza d'Agro, Mount Etna, Palermo. That's Rome and Sicily, baby, for nine full days. What a trip. We're going to have a ball, enjoy wonderful food, and taste classic Italian wine at Mount Etna and see some actual sites used in iconic Godfather scenes. It's a trip you'll remember for years to come. If all goes well, you may even be treated to the best entertainment team since Martin and Lewis, Piscopo, and Perillo. Have your cameras ready. Call Perillo Tours at 800 431 800 431-1515 to secure your reservation now on this very limited tour before it sells out. Go online, please, to PerilloTours.com. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk, and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25000 liquid now, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings for this year. If you invest in oil and natural gas, you're allowed to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel, and natural gas is the fuel of the future and trading at record prices. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is a major investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. The Arthur Idala Power Hour. Weeknights at 6 on AM 970. The Answer. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and I am so thrilled, as I promised in the beginning of the show, we're hearing. Um, we're very lucky to have Frank C. Quivito, who is the executive director, environmental scientist of the South Fork Natural History Museum, which is SOPO. Um, and under his management, and he restored an enhancing um, that he did that before he he worked in East Hampton, 
and he restored and enhanced shellfish populations on the east end of Long Island. But under his leadership, the museum, which you will have to go to, um, has won numerous awards as a leader in nature and environmental education. It produces over 250 nature education programs annually, including environmental and marine science summer programs. And um, is leading organization in shark research. And I say shark research, it couldn't be more timely because, Frank, the papers yeah. are really like crazy with it. I feel like I'm watching Jaws. And you uh-huh. are here to talk to us about not the hype that the papers are, what's really going on. Because the papers, forget yeah. about it, you're afraid to. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity to inform your listeners about what's going on in the marine environment. Um, So what's going on is the last few days, there's been some interaction encounters with sharks along the south shore of Long Island, primarily from Jones Beach, Robert Moses, Fire Island, all the way out east to Clog. And what's happening is, um, you know, this is a sign of of a healthy marine environment when we have a lot of marine life interacting with people. And, you know, many years ago, we did not have these interactions because a lot of the sharks many years ago were demonized and they were hunted to the point where they were almost threatened or extinct from the environment. And in 2019, there was a bill that was signed by the, by the governor of New York State. And what that did was help um, stop the, the Atlantic menhaden, which is a fishery, which is a bait fish that a lot of the marine life preys upon, it was saved because of the bill that was signed to protect populations of Atlantic menhaden as far as harvested by persanes. Persanes are large nets that have buoys on top of them, weight on the bottom, and they can extend as long as six blocks of of New York City. And they're put out into the ocean, and they used to harvest large stocks and populations of of this bunker, of this Atlantic menhaden, for fish meal, for fertilizer, for dog food and cat food. There was, a, there was a market for this, but the bill was signed and that particular method of harvesting was eliminated. And now we're seeing a thriving bunker population return and that's bringing back all the animals that prey on that particular species of fish. Oh, Does so, that make sense? So Does that, that make sense? So you, so that's this is, what's bringing everything back. So yeah. That's what's bringing everything back. The, the Atlantic Menhaden, some people refer to as bunker, is referred to as one of the as, the as referred to as the most important fish in the ocean because everything eats it. Sharks eat it. Uh, marine mammals eat it, like whales and dolphins, ospreys and eagles, and other fish like bluefish, striped bass. They all eat Atlantic Menhaden. So when you have a fishery that's protected, all the other animals that rely on that prey and that food source are returning back to the environment. The sharks have always been in the water for thousands and thousands, if not millions of years. So what's happening is with warming climate and more more bait in the water and more people in the water, we're seeing these shark interactions with humans more often than, than before. And these are not shark attacks. These are interactions with sharks. I want to make okay, that so clear what, to your listeners. Yeah. So when you say that and you say, okay, these are interactions, and of course, I guess everyone saw Jaws, or a lot of us saw Jaws, I can remember the music. (laughs) So when they think of sharks, uh, you know, people 
get frightened. Um, and then, of yes. course, the papers take the, you know, really uh, blow yes. it out, I think, of proportion. Yes. What should people yes. know about sharks? I mean, what should someone do if they see a shark? Well, here, here's the thing. The perception that there's more sharks in the water is because of technology. There's not more sharks in the water than there were before. The perception is there is more because the technology. We have uh, drones. We have cell phones. We have social media. We have, you know, high uh, technology cameras now. Everybody's documenting photos of sharks and plastering them onto the social media sites. Um, so people are seeing more sharks because of the technology that's available to document these sightings. So if people see a shark, number one, don't go in the water. You know, once you go in the water, you become part of the food chain in the ocean. You know, the habitat, the ocean is the shark's habitat, not human's habitat. We don't live in the ocean. We utilize the ocean for comfort, to cool off, to, to harvest fish for consumption purposes. But underneath the surface of the ocean, there are animals that live there that have evolved and are part of that ecosystem. So when you see, if you're going to the beach, you know, and you want to go in the water, the first thing you should do is like you do when you cross the street before you get to the other side. You look both ways. You make sure no cars are coming from either direction. Then you can right. safely cross the street. So when you get to the ocean, before you jump in the water, just make sure you don't see a bunch of birds working on the surface. Make sure that you're not swimming during the crepuscular periods of the day. Crepuscular periods mean twilight what time. What does that mean? Early, mo early morning when the, when the sunlight is not fully up or at the end of the day when the sun's almost setting. So sharks are opportunistic feeders. So they're going to be more aggressive when there isn't a lot of daylight on the surface of the water. So you're more wow. likely to get bit if during the periods of twilight or dusk. You know, so that's I would, I would also imagine that you would go to a beach that had a lifeguard. Like I know exactly. out in Hampton, there's areas that have lifeguards. Yep. But there's a lot of beach that you could go to yep. that have no lifeguards. Exactly. So, so my recommendation is, my recommendation is, if you're really concerned, you know, set up and swim near a lifeguard stand. You know, but if you don't, then you just got to take the precautionary measures to make sure that you're safe. So if you see birds working on the surface, if you see any thrashing on the surface of the water. Don't go in. Wait till the, the feeding frenzy of animals that are feeding in that area are gone. Then go in the water. Don't wear jewelry. You know, sometimes people wear jewelry where the reflection of the sun creates a brightness in the water. Really? Sharks and, yeah, sharks, bluefish, striped bass are attracted to that because we do have silver side shiners in the waters that actually present a bright uh, image to a, a predatory fish, and they might try to strike that that brightness. And sometimes it's somebody's leg or arm that has jewelry on it. So you you don't want to wear jewelry when you when you're swimming in the water. I didn't in the know ocean. that. I'll never wear a ring yeah. again. That I've uh, okay, now, nah. Frank, I read yeah. that the authorities have ramped up shark patrols along the New York. I mean, of course, they said Jones Beach had yep. them after five yep. people were bit in two days. Is that correct? Yep. That is correct. Yep, yep. They, they, you know, Governor Hochul has put in a lot of money into um, purchasing drones and jet skis and, and more lifeguards on the beaches to protect people from these shark interactions. Again, these are encounters and interactions. They're not attacks. 
These sharks in our waters that are swimming close to the shoreline where people swim are not targeting human beings. What they're targeting they're is bait fish that are, they are not, or else people would be dying, and that would, be, that would claim it a shark attack, or they would be losing limbs, or they would be bleeding to death. These people okay. are being great. Yeah, go ahead. So when, when you say an encounter and you say that, in other words, the sharks that are coming close to the shore are not necessarily looking to uh, attack someone. Eat people. No, not at all. Or eat them. 100%, 100% that is false information. No. They are there to eat the small bait fish that are close to shore that are swimming. Now, if you think about it, sharks don't have arms or utensils to get their food like we do. So what they right. do is they follow, they follow a school of fish close to shore that they want to eat, and when there's an opportunistic time for them to feed on that school of fish, they have to open their mouth and hope their teeth can catch something. So if they're close to shore where people are swimming, and of course there's a lot more people in the water now because of the weather, they're going to kind of come across some, some, some ankles and some legs where they're going to graze some people, but they're not going to take a bite out of someone's, some, someone's leg. You know, it's most oh, so of the. So, in other words, the, gonna, the people that got bit were bit, but they weren't. They didn't. They didn't take a, a limb from them or anything of that nature. That, yeah, they're, they're not. They're not really bites where they they want to take out a chunk of meat. You know, they're they're just they're just little grazes. The sharks' teeth definitely, if they were sharks. There's also bluefish that can do a lot more damage than sharks too. Really, you know, bluefish have very bluefish have very sharp teeth. And you, they can, if there's a school of bluefish that are feeding on smaller fish and they come across humans that are swimming close to shore, bluefish can do a lot of damage to people as well. So mo probably most likely all those little bites that happened the last few days and those interactions were most likely sharks, but they could have been bluefish as well. Right. So, but, so, so the people, people shouldn't be frightened. I mean, like people got nope. very frightened about that. So people shouldn't be as frightened that they should not be frightened at all. Time. They should not be frightened at all. We've been swimming with sharks all around us for hundreds of years. So every time when you were a child and when I was a child and when we were swimming in the ocean, most likely the sharks were as close as they are now, but there were always sharks in the water. Always. And they always will be. And this is the new norm that people need to understand is that with climate change and warming waters, more bait in the water, more people on the beach, we're going to have more shark encounters than we did in the past. Yeah, Frank, we're coming to a commercial, but if you could stay okay. on the so that we talk about your museum. I'd like to talk about the museum. Okay, so we're going to talk it. about the museum. We'll be back with Frank Bobo in a few minutes right after our commercial break. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life. Every Sunday night, some of the world's most inspirational and influential people join me to discuss health and wellness, professional development, and personal well-being. They share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Take time for yourself. Tune in to Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. right here on AM 970 The Answer. If you miss a show, 
Be sure to visit our website so you can listen on demand. And while you're there, read our digital magazine and take part in our book club. Visit CYACYL.com. That's CYACYL.com. Over the past 20 years, a quiet revolution has transformed medicine. Many conditions that once required major surgery can now be treated with procedures that are far less invasive and often far more effective. Are you aware of these alternatives? Join Dr. Dan Simon for All Things Health, where he discusses cutting-edge medical advances that are providing alternatives to traditional surgery. Dr. Simon is an experienced interventional radiologist who has helped thousands of patients experience dramatic improvements, all without traditional surgery. Dr. Simon will explain latest medical breakthroughs so you can be fully aware of your options listen to all things health on am 970 the answer on sundays and saturdays on am 570 and 102.3 fm the mission wmca have questions call dr simon at 1-844-534-3621 or visit allthingshealth.ai or listen to all things health on am 970 the answer on sundays and am 570 102.3 fm the mission wmca on saturdays to learn more visit allthingshealth.ai We can tell you about the incredible success we bring to local businesses, but it's better when it comes directly from our satisfied clients. Here's just one example. After searching for a new vendor to handle my search marketing campaign, I contacted Salem Surround after seeing the great work they did for another restoration company in the different market. Their team of experts recommended a mix of multiple tactics designed to get my business the most quality leads at the lowest cost, making my marketing budget stretch further. In our first year partnering with Salem Surround, we recorded our best year to date, and I've told many people how blessed I was to find them. The representative answered the phone every time I called and quickly addressed any questions or concerns I had. Let Salem Surround give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and show you what your competition is doing. Then we come up with a personalized plan that's perfect for your needs. Google Salem Surround New York and let our marketing experts help you achieve real success. Remember to Google Salem Surround New York today. Segula Live, weekdays at 4 p.m. on AM 970. The answer. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and we've been speaking with Frank C. Corrido, who is the executive director, environmental scientist of the South Fork Natural History Museum. Um, Frank, I would like to talk a little about the museum. So if you would tell the listeners about the museum, where it is, and um, we can talk about some of the programs it has. Yeah. So the South Fork Natural History Museum is located in Bridgehampton, New York, on the east end of Long Island. We're a 501c3 non-for-profit organization. We're celebrating our 34th year as a leader in nature education, not just on the east end of Long Island, but all of Long Island and in New York State. Totally. So we have a lot of people that come to the museum, most, mostly families. We have a membership. We provide programs to the public, um, informing them about the natural world here on Long Island. We specifically focus on the South Fork of Long Island. We feel that more people know about what, what animals and what habitats on the natural history aspect exist in other parts of the world. They really don't understand what's right in their backyard here on the East End. So we focus on, you know, providing programs and getting people outdoors to get firsthand experiences so that they can take those experiences and become stewards of our environment and protect the environment for generations to come. 
So how do people find out about that or they sign up for it? How do they do that? Yeah, so we have um, we have a membership. We have an, uh, a, a website. It's www.sofa.org. Um, we, we're on the Internet. If you Google, I think everybody Googles now South Fork Natural History Museum, you'll get massive amounts of information on the programs that we do in our mission statements. The website has everything, though. www.sofa.org is, is our website. It has everything on the shark research program that we just spoke about. It has all our programs on a quarterly basis. It provides the history of the organization, and it also applies, um, informs the people on the mission as to what we do here and what we've been doing for 34 years now. Yeah, that's some undertaking. I, I, so when somebody wants to, they can go on the website. Are there hours? Do they have to make an appointment? Can yeah. they just show up? No, they can just show up. We're open every day except for the four major holidays. We're closed on Thanksgiving, New Year's, Christmas, and Easter. But every other day we're open from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. to the public. We used to have reservations during the pandemic, but we've kind of gotten away from that now. So it's, you know, just come and, and pay an admission fee if you're not non-member. But if you become a member, then you're free admission for a year until you renew. And uh, members have benefits that allow them to come to programs for free to come to the museum for free with their families, their children, their grandparents. And it's very, um, it's very uh, reasonable as far as cost. You know, we, we have $100 fam family memberships that last for one year, which allows a whole family to come for one year. It's a pretty, oh, that's it's a pretty nice. You mean it's, yeah. That's a great price, $100, and that's for yeah. your whole family. That's for your whole family. That's great. Right. And so, you know, bringing your children and bringing your family there, you can really help educate them and get them to really yep. understand, Because I, I, I yeah. don't think a lot of so, us really do. How did yeah, you so get when involved people, with this? Can I ask you, like, what, you know, how did you really get involved with doing all this? Did you always well, have went, a... Well, just to, just to go back real quick about the museum, then I'll talk about my background. Um, when people come to the museum, we have live animals. We have reptiles, amphibians. We have finfish from really? saltwater environments, uh, freshwater environments. We have a marine touch tank. We have interactive exhibits. We have a shark um, interactive touch screen uh, exhibit that talk, talks about all the different sharks that are in our waters, the work we're doing, the anatomy, internal, external anatomy of sharks. There's a lot of cool things that people will um, experience when they come to the museum. So. I definitely offer uh, everyone who's listening to one day come by because you will be definitely impressed, but also you will learn a lot about the natural world here. Well, I'm um, definitely so, going to call you and make sure you're there and come. Yeah, it's, really, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun time for everybody. And, we, and we're a gateway to a preserve in the back known as the Long Pond Greenbelt. There's a lot of natural preserves in the back. There's vernal pools, coastal plain ponds, grasslands. There's migratory birds in the back of the museum. There's trails to interact with, and it's a, just a wonderful place to not only come inside and see the museum, but to explore the outdoors as well, which is right here on the back in our backyard at the museum. Okay, now you say you're in Bridgehampton. Where in Bridgehampton are you? We are on the Bridgehampton Sarah Garber Turnpike. It's the connection. It's the um, it's the connection from Bridgehampton to Sag Harbor. Yeah. So when you're on 27. Driving east towards Bridgehampton, you pass the hamlet of Bridgehampton and make a left on the turnpike, and we're about a half a mile down on the right-hand side. Yeah, for those of you who want to go, a good landmark is you'll see uh, Douglas Element Office and you'll see a Starbucks. 
And like right after that, I guess you would make that left. That, and you so, make that left at the light, yep, and stay to the right-hand side because it splits a little bit, but it's pretty, um, it's interpretive that, that it's the turnpike. So once you pass the railroad tracks, we're an eighth of a mile on the right-hand side. And and now, can you give us some of the programs that you have so people know, yeah. you know what, what kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, I'd love you to go through some yeah, of the so, programs that you have. Yeah, so we kind of diversify our programs. So we try to pique as much interest as, as to many people as possible. So we have, well, starting next week, starting July 11th through the 18th, it's Shark Week here at the museum. So with yeah. sharks peaking now in the news and, and Shark Week approaching, we're allowing all children 12 and under to come for free for the week. We also are going to have some, some samples of our uh, shark tagging equipment. We'll have some shark teeth that kids can interact with to see the different animals that are in our waters. We also do lots of bird walks. You know, we do shorebird walks. We do um, birds of prey walks. We just did a walk on ospreys the other day. Um, we have botany walks where people are interested in plants. We do plant walks to, to look at orchids and different types of plants that are here on Long Island. We also do a lot of reptile and amphibian walks. You know, every, wow. every year around all these animals are, you know, utilizing that habitat to, you know, sustain their, their populations. And we take people out throughout the whole year uh, to see these animals in their habitat. And we hope to provide the experience necessary for stewardship purposes. It's a lot of fun. You know, that's really terrific. I don't think enough people know about it. So I hopefully yeah, well, that you'll, you'll go to their website, but I will also post it on my website. Yeah. Um, well, you know, so that, this opportunity... Yeah, Dottie, giving us this opportunity, you know, allows us to market our, our organization. So it's really nice that you've invited me on here. So we're reaching out to maybe new people that are new to the organization. But most importantly, that if they're ever out in the East End and are looking to do something with their families or grandchildren or children, we're open every day, 10 to 4. So please stop by. Yeah, and there's so many people out here that really come out here even just for a day. It's a it's a yeah. nice ride and well you know um, yep. so so I you know the 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 Hamptons is a place where people go and, and enjoy the beaches on a sunny day they go and enjoy the beaches and the outdoors but you know on a rainy day when or if your kids or families are tired of the beach stop in the museum it's a beautiful air conditioned facility it's got a lot of interactive exhibits and, and everybody can have a nice time in a in a very nice climated uh, environment here. Yeah, no, I think you can do both. I mean, I think that, you know, I think that there's, you know, a lot of people don't realize it's right in their backyard. And I tell people um, the drive out to the Hamptons is really not a bad drive. You know, um, it's not like yeah. it used to be where those lines of cars and, you know, I mean, it's much better with the uh, when they opened up the highways and made more lanes. And I really think it's so important. And I don't think a lot of people know about it. Um, I think well, more people you. would. And, you know, a lot of people are out with their families. And it's nice to go to the beach. Don't get me wrong. I'm a beach person. But it's yeah. also nice to be able to do both. You know, go to Yeah, the I mean, yeah, we're, we're a content-driven organization. So we, we like to educate people here. You know, there's different yeah, places where you can go. Like across the street, see me, a wonderful organization um, they're right across the street. They're, they're kind of play driven. You go there, you play, you learn based on, on, on playing with things, but here we're more content driven. 
you know, so we're more about, you know, teaching people and educating people about the natural environment. Right. And I didn't realize, you know, you have a lot of programs, so it's not just about. Like, no, we're open. Yeah, we're open year you round. Have, you you have yeah, things that they can see nature and flower. I mean, so there's a lot of different yeah. programs you have. Yeah, we do. So like I said earlier, we, we try to diversify different topics so we can pique interest into as many people as possible. We also have Young Birders Club for young kids. We, we meet once a month and we take all the kids out looking for birds at different habitats. We take them woodland birding. We take them shorebirds. Um, you know, wow. we go, we look at, yeah. So we have different, different types of programs for different age groups. We also are starting in another couple of weeks, our 10th year providing a marine science summer camp out here. And for three weeks, we take kids of all different ages out to marine environments and we teach them firsthand uh, how to learn about, you know, different wetlands and shorelines, shorebirds, the marine ecosystem. It's focused on marine science, but we also do a lot of environmental science with that camp as well. So there's still room available if any of your listeners are coming well, out during the first camp? Uh, yeah, I was uh, I was gonna say, is there room in that camp? And is it a day camp, basically? It is a day camp. They drop their children off at eight thirty in the morning. We bus them to a location to a site that's been planned to do an educational program at, and then we drop their kids off back at the museum at three o'clock in the afternoon. So that's five days a week for three weeks in August. So if any if oh, any of your listeners are interested, yes. Maybe you can send me the information or post it. What should they do? Call the museum or visit our website. The museum's number is area code 631-537-9735. Thank you, Frank. You've been fabulous. I hope you'll come on again. Okay? Yeah. And I will Thanks for having me. see you. Okay? Thank Have you very much, Dottie. Okay. okay. Thank you so great much. Have a great day. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.